and welcome to Sports Talk number two on this fine Thursday evening. You got your host, Cass, with my fellow host, Kaka. And we got a special guest talking sports with us today, my buddy Adam Eunice from Dearborn. Adam, you want to say what's up? What's up, what's up? Thanks for having me, guys. Anytime, bro. I can't wait for buy sell number three coming up soon as well. We're going to record that with you, Adam. But today, we do have sports talk. We got some great topics to talk about. Uh, I will dive us into the first topic, the, the Tim Patrick injury. Daka, you want to highlight what happened to Tim Patrick for me? He, I'm pretty sure he got carted off of the field, and that was that's huge just because of, like, this Broncos offense that we've been, all been talking about this upcoming up season, uh, this upcoming season. Because you got people drafting Cortland Sutton and Jerry yeah. Judy. Obviously, we're going to talk about we're degenerates at this point. We weren't, we're going to talk about fantasy more so than the real life because we don't give a fuck about the players. But, um, yeah, so you had you had Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy being drafted <laughs> right next to each other. And then now you have Tim Patrick gone. Tim Patrick was huge last year. I mean, you guys clearly fucking remember that. Yeah. Tim Patrick was huge last year for that. Yeah. And Tim Patrick tore coming in. Torn ACL, so he's going to be out for the whole season, correct? Yeah, yeah, I'm so pretty sure. He, yeah. he, tore, he tore his ACL. He's gonna be out. He's gonna be out the whole season. He got carted off. He's done. Um, what does that look? I, I do want to say condolences to Tim Patrick. I feel I really do feel bad because last season he had 50 catches, 730 yards, five touchdowns. He was a big part of that offense. Same exact production the year before as well. So you know he is definitely rounding out to have a decent career. Yeah. So I do feel really bad for Tim Patrick. Well, at but, least he got paid before he got hurt. I mean, he did yeah. get a contact ex- contract yeah. extension. Yeah, let's look on the bright side. So yeah. the six four Tim Patrick is out. What does it mean for that offense? Does that just mean that Judy and Cortland Sutton perform better, or does that actually make the offense worse? What do you guys think? I think KJ Hamler should slot well in the wide receiver three spot, True. and it can open up a lot of passing opportunity for guys like Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams. Because I think mm-hmm. Cortland Sutton mm-hmm. and Judy are both going to get theirs, but it yeah. just depends like how many targets is the backfield going to get, and I think this opens up a lot for them. I'm I'm a big believer in Javante Williams. I don't even like to think about Melvin Gordon as a part of that offense. Melvin Gordon is I mean, Melvin Gordon 30. was solid last year. Like mm-hmm. I get it. He's always solid, but he's almost 30 now, which is outside of the prime age for running backs. And once you're almost 30 and you're starting to get to the aging age for running backs, it's like, okay, who's going to come in and replace you? That's what teams are thinking about. Javante Adams or Javante Williams, not Javante Adams. Javante Williams is the answer. Um, so I think he's just going to explode this year. Like I was, I'm taking him like 15 in fantasy football, right? Yeah. So, crazy. As um, a, as a Devonte stand myself, you know, it was kind of sad to see last year, Melvin Gordon take some red zone touches away from him. And that yeah. could be the case, definitely be the case this year. Cause Melvin Gordon, how many touchdowns did he have last year? They, he had eight touchdowns and 900 man. yards. Yeah, he had eight touchdowns reason. last year, 900 yards. There's no reason to see him not repeat that unless they just fully commit well, to Javon. No, I see a reason. Here, let me give you my reason. I said I already told you, Melvin Gordon's older now. He's obviously going to be less explosive. They got the same amount of carries, 203 for both of them, when Javante Williams was a rookie. And what do we know about Russell Wilson-led offenses? They run the fucking ball. And if Russell Wilson run offenses are going to run the ball, and last year these guys had 400 carries combined, you best believe they're going to get 350 plus again this year. And if they're going to get 350 plus again this year, Devontae is going to get the majority of it. He has to. He was a rookie last year. He's only going to get more. They had the same amount of yards. Uh, Melvin had four more touchdowns. But guess what? Javante had double the receptions, double the receiving yards. People don't even realize that when drafting fantasy. Javante had 400 plus receiving yards and almost 50 receptions. That's, you know, more than 
uh, Chase Edmonds did last year, even though he was injured. So I think Javante is going to be better this year, dude. He has to take a step forward if he had. Yeah, Boris, he's, he's definitely gonna be going to be yeah, better this year. Yeah. But last year it was one A one B with Javante being the one B. I can definitely see this year one A being Javante, but Easily. Melvin Gordon's still going to be the one B role and still going to get a lot of touches. And you would think like it's not like they just realized it during the season. They they watch these guys during practice every single day. The coaches knew who was better. They knew Javante was better, but they mm. still use Melvin Gordon a lot. It's not like they re-sign Melvin Gordon for nothing. He produces for them, and they're going to continue to use him to produce for them. Just yeah. obviously, Javante is going to be the step forward this year. Yeah, I think Javante. The fact that he has the same amount of carries as a rookie that doesn't happen often. Usually, you got you got a good vendor running back like Melvin Gordon, who's literally a proven guy who you know he can produce. You're not going to give the second guy just as many carries. Uh, they drafted him in the second round. I mean, they they did invest a lot in him. You would that's high for a running back. You would assume they would probably and, use him a lot. Well, here's my thing: running back shelf life is not high. We know this. They last for yeah. five years. Uh, so because running back shelf life is not high, it's either this year they really double down on Javante and, and, and take advantage of that short shelf life, or they keep holding him out and giving him half. I think they're really going to double down on him. I, I, well, see, that, I see that, a little bit of both, but yeah. That could also be, you know, they know they have a young Javante Williams, so they they could run Melvin Gordon to the ground. Maybe he gets hurt, and then Javante <laughs> comes in. Love it. <laughs> what? Love it. He could be a sacrifice for Javante <laughs> Williams. They're going to sacrifice Melvin Gordon I, I for disagree. five years of the season. They're going to use – look, teams want to win. They're not worried about that as much. I think they just want to win. And the Broncos are in a position to win right now, so they're going to use their best players available. Javante is the best running back available. Yeah, That's, I think – I kind of agree with Adam in the sense where – they will use not necessarily they're gonna milk him out, but he like 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 he did last year. He did produce him last year, Melvin Gordon, and uh, they could use him a good amount. But come playoff time, Javante's gonna be a much bigger role, and they're gonna have a much smaller role for Melvin Gordon. But they're gonna use him as probably like a gadget player in a sense for Melvin Gordon later in the playoffs if they make it. I I think they're gonna not not necessarily hold off on Javante, but we're gonna see him explode more towards the end of the season, closer into into the playoffs as well. All right. And for the wide receivers, though, who do you guys prefer, Kirtland, Kirtland, Kirtland yeah. Sutton or Jerry Judy this year? Ooh, it's, a, it's a tough one. I'm even. I'd, I'd go Judy. I think personally, I would take Cortland Sutton because last year he was not fully recovered from his 2020 ACL tear. There were reports uh-huh. in training camp like he was hesitating, and that's not good to hear when you're you know coming back from an ACL tear. But uh-huh. in 2019, he had 1,100 yards, six touchdowns. And there's yeah. no reason to think he can't repeat those numbers this year with the whole whole another year rehab from the injury. On top of that, on top of that, uh, <laughs> I see like Cortland Sutton as sort of like a Doug Baldwin a little bit. Like he's he's a tough guy and he makes really tough grabs. And coming, you know, Russell Wilson coming in, I think that's gonna it's gonna be good there. Jerry Judy could be good, but last year coming back from his injury, he was horrible. Jerry Judy was very bad last year coming back from his injury. Thirty eight receptions, four hundred sixty seven yards. He did nothing. So but, I think how much is that is the quarterback play though? Drew Locke well, and friends. No, yeah. I I I get that. I understand that. So that's why it's tough to decide between the two right now, because now they have a decent quarterback coming in. I don't think Russell Wilson is going to be awesome. I think he's going to be all right. I don't know. Why I could people... see, I could definitely see Corlin Sutton playing the DK Metcalf role, whereas Jerry Judy plays the Tyler Lockett role. As in, he'll have yeah. a couple blow up games, but he's mainly going to be inconsistent. Whereas Corlin Sutton is going to get the red zone looks. He's going to get some deep shots, go over the middle. Mm. Overall, be more consistent than Jerry Judy will be this season. Ooh, that's actually a tough take because I think Jerry Judy is going to be the more consistent guy and Corlin Sutton is going to be the more boom or bust. I, I agree with t- that one, yeah. I think I think Corlin Sutton is more like 
closer to like a Mike Evans where he's taller. He's, he's going to have some games with two touchdowns and some games with none. And if he doesn't score, then he's not. He's probably not having a great game. He's a bigger Whereas deep Jerry threat Judy's as well. Gonna, Jerry Judy's going to get the, the, the three screen passes that they throw that game, right? Jerry Judy's going to get the curl route on third down to move the chains. And Jerry Judy's going to get that occasional 30-yard catch, uh, run-after-catch type play, kind of like Odell used to do back on the Giants. So I think if you want consistency, you take Jerry Judy. If you want touchdowns, boom or bust, you take Corlin Sutton. But we'll see. You might be right, Adam. It just it really depends on what Russell Wilson chooses to do with these guys. I don't know. And how do you guys feel about KJ Hamler this year? Coming I, I wouldn't draft three. him. Or yeah, yeah, I, I don't definitely him. wouldn't draft him. He could be a waiver wire pickup if one of those guys go down. Yeah, yeah, I, I could. Agree with that. I could see like a Russell Wilson KJ Hamler stack winning like a couple million bucks in a, you know, a DFS league. Do what? <laughs> oh, yeah, maybe one week. Maybe yes, one maybe. week. Yeah, one week. Yeah, like a DF- yeah, yeah, a DFS, yeah. The Broncos, that, yeah. Who would that happen against? <laughs> you could use KJ Hamler. Like, like, like on a really Broncos cheap, playing yeah, the really Lions? Are the Broncos playing the Lions? I mean, I could see not. KJ Hamler having at least two, three games this year where he just catches like a 70 I don't even, yeah, I don't doubt that at all. Dude, he's fast. He can go deep. Like It's kind of like, not necessarily near the caliber, but kind of like a Tyler Lockett for Russell Wilson. Yeah, but this is definitely not a guy that I'm drafting. Actually, yeah. first, uh, first news headline was the Tim Patrick injury, and we discussed the implications of that on the team, on fantasy. Uh, next up, I wanted to talk about Dalvin Cook real quick. Just gloss over that. He's getting these little injuries here and there before the season even starts. Does this concern you guys as you know fantasy players? I already tweaked Def- his hand, man. Yeah, it definitely does concern me. This is a guy that gets injured. You know, more than the average running back does, and they get hurt a lot. So I think if you're drafting Delvin Cook this year in fantasy football, you have to make sure you draft Alexander Madison to back him up. If you're drafting Delvin yeah. Cook and, and, and you draft him in the first round, um, there's like an 80% chance you lose your league. And there's a 20% chance. <laughs> okay. There's like a 20% chance you win because you make a waiver wire pickup that replaces Delvin Cook. Either way, it's not Delvin Cook. <laughs> No, I I think I kind of agree with Adam in the sense where it, it, you have to get Madison. If you do not get Madison, you yes, fuck yourself. True. Yeah. So you're going to see people reaching for Madison in like the fourth round? No, I, I mean, would dude, okay, Don't uh, go that far, but make sure you get Madison on your team. If you have to trade for him, if you have to draft him a round earlier than he's supposed to go. If you draft Delvin below, Cook, make sure you get Madison. Madison's below Ramondre, Michael Carter, Ronald Jones. That'll make sense. Uh, James Robinson. But in the, in the fantasy world that he does become healthy for the whole season, I mean, this is a guy that could finish number top one two. overall. Yeah, and, you know, one, it would not be out of his you know range of outcomes to not finish in the top two. Um, I don't know, man. I disagree. I think the injuries last year they weren't taking a toll on him. I mean, this guy was running the ball like a like a menace. He was so good, um, averaging damn near five yards a carry, and he averaged five yards a carry the year before. Two years ago, Dalvin Cook had 1,600 yards and 16 touchdowns. Let's not forget that. Last year, he had 1,206 touchdowns. So the guy, when he's on the field, he's producing. I'm not going to sit here and hate on him. I just think that if you draft him in fantasy, it's a death wish. It's really a death wish because. So here's a question for you, Cass. It seems like he's always getting injured toward the middle of the season where you're trying to make the playoffs. What's your question? Sorry. Would you take Dalvin Cook over DeAndre Swift? This is a guy that's going a couple picks later than De- Delvin Cook. But yeah. 
Um, he also got hurt last year, DeAndre Swift. It, okay, what 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 pick am I picking at? Like let's pick say, pick let's ten. Let's say you have you have the eighth pick and you you take in I don't know, Jamar Chase, and then the second pick comes around and you're staring DeAndre Swift and Delvin Cook in the face. Who are you taking? Oh my God, Delvin Cook slipped to the back of the second, right? I mean, honestly, I wherever it goes, you, if you, yeah, if it was between those two running backs, who would you take? That's tough. This is back to the if healthy, he's better. If not healthy, he's not better type of thing. Because, you know, DeAndre Swift, what? Oh, my God, that's a tough one. I would probably have to take Dalvin Cook. Because at the end of the day, although DeAndre Swift played really well last year because of his 62 receptions, like, he still only ran for 600 yards. He still only had 1,000 yards combined. Dalvin Cook's production is just better. Uh, especially even last year when he was injured a few games, he was you know, still producing better. So I, I would have to take Dalvin Cook for that reason. But DeAndre Swift is running behind like a top five O-line this year, so it would be really hard for me not to take him. Really hard. But I would take Dalvin issue Cook. The issue with me with DeAndre Swift is the moment Dan Campbell took over the offense, he started seeing less, just a little bit less. And on top of that, uh, DeAndre Swift also – like you said, the, the whole little injury thing, it's kind of in the mix with the same thing as Dalvin Cook. When they get injured, you might not be on the field. Kind of kind of a little bit weary on that. But they also added more weapons on top of that. And I think Dan Campbell's offense is going to look a little bit different where they're not going to force feed DeAndre Swift nearly as much as they did last year in the beginning of the season. Yeah, and also, you know, if both of them go down, Alexander Madison is just a way better running back than Jamal Yeah, 100%. Williams. I mean, Williams oh, yeah. is not going to produce oh, yeah. as much. If if DeAndre Swift is injured, Williams' projection is like 11 points. But if Delvin Cook is injured, Madison's projection is like 21 points. Yeah, I mean, you can put Madison in over Delvin Cook and not miss a beat yeah. if Delvin's injured. I agree. I would take Delvin Cook 100%. But, okay, so we think his Delvin Cook's little injuries do have implications on where we would draft him. Is he a second-round running back now? Fuck no. Yeah, fuck no. I think he's definitely a end of one, maybe early two if you have the last pick. Yeah, at the turn. But I mean, if he slips and drafts because people are afraid, I mean, he could be a good value going at the beginning of the second round. Yeah. Okay, let me ask you this: uh, Would you take Alvin Kamara over Dalvin Cook? <laughs> no, I would not. I would take Dalvin Cook. Yeah. Would you take? Wait, I'm gonna see something about. It. Okay, would you take Eckler over Dalvin Cook? Yeah, yes. of course. I'm just wondering because mm-hmm. I, I'm looking at Dalvin Cook's EDP, or ADP. I almost said EDP. Yeah. Now, if you said Aaron Jones, that would be a tough question. I, I love oh. Aaron Jones this year. Without Devontae Adams, he should be getting a lot more targets uh, in this offense. I'm taking Dalvin yeah, I'm with Cook you on that. Cass, hate, Cass hates Aaron Jones. I wouldn't take him over Dalvin Cook, but I, I, I love him a lot more than his ADP this year. Um, Would you take Javante Williams over Dalvin Cook? No, no. I wouldn't. I wouldn't take Javante Williams over any of the guys we just mentioned. Yeah, I mean his Javante Williams potential. You know, touches could be. It depends how much they use Melvin Gordon. Najee Harris or Alvin Cook or Dalvin Cook. Najee Harris. Najee Harris. Okay, good, good. (laughs) I think the last one would be Joe Mixon. We'd have to ask. Joe Mixon. I would take Joe Mixon over him. Yeah, I would take Joe. Joe Mixon. Mixon is more of like a. Like, Joe Mixon was so inconsistent, so injury-prone, so full of bullshit if you drafted him so for so many years in a row. And it feels like he's finally leveling off and finding a real role. And now that he did that, it's like you can kind of 
expect some consistency from from Joe Mixon. I don't think you can expect that from Dalvin Cook as much. I uh, I'm 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 in between on that one. I don't know. I. But I, now I, let's say I you have the either. ninth pick in the draft, and you're yeah. staring at not even a running back. Let's say Diggs and Jamar Chase with Delvin Cook in the mix. Who are you taking there? Oh, are you starting off with a wide receiver, or are you taking well, Delvin Cook? Well, if okay, here's the thing. Let's do the math, right? Whoever has tenth pick is not taking two receivers back to back, right? So you you can get away with picking Delvin Cook uh, and get and then getting either Chase or Diggs, whoever ends up still there in the second round. I would do that. Give me Dalvin Cook and either Chase or Diggs, you know. With but that's assuming round. it's a ten-man league. Let's say it's a twelve-man league. Either way, you're gonna that? end up with somebody. You end up with Tyreek Hill. Then you know what I'm saying? Get Dalvin Cook and Tyreek Hill on the team, Adam. Come on. You would take Tyreek. Wait, you take Tyreek Hill over Debo Samuel? No, I mean, whoever you know, you are gonna have receiver options. Is my point. Okay. That yeah, are sure. very viable wide receiver one options, and you'll still have Dalvin Cook. So I would definitely if you're at the. You know, back of the first round, take Dalvin Cook over a receiver. Don't be stupid now. But Dalvin Cook or Joe Mixon is a tough situation there. It's yeah. it's definitely not an easy answer, no matter which way you, you chop it. Yeah, I mean, both offenses are poised to be good this year. I think Dalvin Cook has the opportunity to do more because I think the Bengals are going to be more pass-heavy than the Vikings are going to be. Higher ceiling, lower floor. Yeah, exactly. I think the Bengals are going to have a lot of more opportunities for the running backs to score, like Joe Mixon to score. Dalvin Cook, he had 16 touchdowns in his best year, but last year he only had six, so I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with that. Joe Mixon had 13 last year. Um, I did want to talk about C-Mac really briefly, just really briefly since we're talking about Dalvin Cook. Where are we drafting C-Mac? Second overall. Yep, I'm on that too. I'm thinking you draft him over Derrick Henry, right? Yeah. Are we going to all I agree on mind, that? I wouldn't mind any order. Like, if I were to watch a draft and I'm the four pick and I see any order of JT, Christian McCaffrey, Derrick Henry, uh, I'm I'm fine with it. I, oh. I kind of just get annoyed when Cooper Cup goes over either of those guys. Yeah. Here, Let's go over the top four real quick. Jonathan Taylor, number one. Christian McCaffrey, number two. Probably Derrick Henry, number three. Is number I would f- personally, if I was picking third in my league and those two were gone, I would take Cooper Cup, number three. Well, over okay. Henry. Interesting. I would take Derrick Henry over Cooper Cup. I'm going to have to disagree with you. I think you can get a good receiver in the second round. I don't think you can get as good of a running back in the second round. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I'm mean, take... dep- Aaron Jones could follow Leonard dude, Fournette. Dude, you could get those guys in the You would rather round. have Derrick Henry and Tyreek Hill over rather than having Aaron Jones and like and Cooper Cup? Fucking. That's close, Cup. man. That's close. Yeah, I would have Aaron Jones and Cooper Cup. Oh, uh, Cooper I don't Cup. Know. I don't Derrick like. Henry, I just don't like. Derrick Henry Jones, has his question marks. You know his injury history, his age, how the offense is going to perform. Injury Man, it's been durable his whole career. I he mean, had, he was hurt last year, and he's yeah, getting old, injury. He's getting up one foot injury, and he was on pace to get no, two thousand yards. No, come on, man. He's he's going to be all right, man. He's he's a horse. But then he, the offense. I mean, they could horse. definitely stack the box and let Ryan. Are we going to forget he who? was on, he was on pace to be number one in fantasy? Like he was they, on pace to be number one. They say that every was year up 30 about Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill. They say that every single year. They got they lost AJ Brown. I get that. That's big. They brought in T- Traylon Burks and Robert Woods. They're not. It's not. They're not insane. They don't have high upside, but that's still a good offense, De- decent offense. Ryan Tannehill sucks no matter what. Derrick Henry's gonna do Derrick Henry no matter what the hell's gonna happen. All right, Adam. Let's yeah, look at the. I think let's look at the there's pattern. more of a chance this year to see a Derrick Henry stay on being like 25 carries for right. 56 yards. Adam, I want to point no something out to you. Age. I noticed this the other day. 
This happened with Calvin Johnson. This happened with Julio Jones. And this happened with Antonio Brown. I'm going to look all those stats up, and I'm going to read them off to you. What happens the year after they go for, like, 1,800 yards or more? All right? So, okay. let's start with Antonio Brown. Let's see. Uh, game law. No, stats. There we go. Okay. Antonio Brown, when he had his 1,800-yard year and 10 touchdowns, uh, top two receiver in the league, what happened the next year? 1,200 yards or about 1,300 yards and 12 touchdowns. So, a big decline great, in uh, you know, production. Still great. Big decline in production. Calvin Johnson. Let me see. 1,900 yeah, yards. Almost 2,000. Almost 2,000 yards when he was 27 years old. What happened the next year? He dropped down to 1,400. Julio Jones. Yeah, the thing is, Cooper uh, Cup finished number one 18, in all of fantasy, well, didn't he? Well, let, let, let me finish. Let me finish. Yeah. Right. Julio Jones. 1,900 yards his best year. What happened the next year? All the way down to 1,400. What do you think is going to happen? Do you think 1,800 yards is sustainable? Do you think that Cooper Cup is more talented than Calvin Johnson? More talented than even Julio Jones in his prime? Like, no, of course he's not. Like, and props to Cooper Cup for what he's doing. But 1,800 plus yards is not sustainable. He's going to take a big decline. He's going to go down to like, you know, a 1,400-yard season, eight touchdowns, which is still amazing. But he's just going to follow that trend, man. I'm sorry. But, but, it's, it's, but I, okay, they lost, they lost OBJ in offseason. Van Jefferson just went down with an injury. They, get they got Allen Robinson, but like, I mean, Cooper Cup is still going to get peppered with targets. Dude, on a the, the, same shit, the same Matt shit Stafford. was going on with, with Calvin Johnson. He had Matt but Stafford. Still, I don't think it's necessarily about uh, talent or any. Huh? Doc, you were cutting off for a second. What were you saying? You guys hear me now? I think... Daka's connection is giving out a little bit. Yeah, Daka's connection. Oh, uh, Daka, I'm gonna lower your volume for a second. Your connection was giving out. Okay, you're back though. I think you're back. You're now, saying Daka? Okay, he, I think he's fixing his connection. He muted himself. All right. Okay, but I mean, there is chance for Cooper Cup to regress this year, but. I don't think it's going to be a big regression. It's, I mean, he could drop down from well, none of those. None of those that I mentioned were big regressions. They're no, they didn't turn bad. Yeah, I mean, they probably still well, top five the wide top, receivers, top, top three like, wide receivers that year. But I mean, no. do I think Cooper comes? Cooper comes and get the triple crown again? I no. He's I don't. going to be a top five but receiver with fourteen hundred yards and a touchdown. I'm telling you, opinion. like we could come back to this a year later and talk about it, Adam. This happens for every every single time a receiver has a crazy season with, you know, damn near 2,000 yards. This is the trend that follows. I don't know if the league is getting, you know, learning about how to stop him a little more. Um, I don't know if it's because, you know, that that player's respective team doesn't want to pass him the ball as much. They want to get other people involved the next year. I don't know what it is. It just always happens. It's going to happen again. History only always repeats itself. Uh, with that being said, because of that, I'm not taking Cooper Cup third overall. If he's going to finish a top five receiver, but he's not going to be number one again, and that's like a guarantee because history repeats itself, why would you take him third overall? You don't take him third overall. You take him like fifth overall or sixth or seventh overall. That's all, That makes a lot more sense. But I think if, if you there's a guy to break about that Calvin Johnson and do it again, six, six, it would be Cooper top Cup. Top three talent. Calvin Johnson didn't win the triple crown though. Am Wasn't I he back? dealing with injuries? 
okay, yeah. Julio Jones, yeah, Antonio Brown. I'm coming back. Oh uh, yeah, Calvin. Yeah, yeah, like I was, I was trying to say earlier, it's not necessarily. Yeah, I was trying to say earlier. Okay, I don't know what's going on with my connection. It's fucking up. I don't know what the fuck's going on. Anyways, I was gonna say it's not necessarily about talent or anything. And the guy did win the triple crown. He's not gonna replicate the year he just did. Of course, no one's gonna win, win the triple crown like two years back to back. But it's more so necessarily that he's he's still gonna have a top season. It's still Cooper Cup. He's still gonna produce. And again, it's like it's not about talent. We're not saying he's more talented than Calvin Johnson, of course, but he's still going to produce Matthew Stafford and it, it's not far fetched to take, to take Cooper cup and let's say Aaron Jones over a Derrick Henry and Tyree kill pairing. Well, not far fetched. I'm not saying it's, it's the right move, but I'm saying like, I mean, it's, it's not kill. the biggest discrepancy. Well, if, if, in my opinion, if I was to start both those drafts like that, I would definitely take Cooper cup and Aaron Jones. I mean, Aaron Jones could definitely Aaron finish Jones... top five and Cooper cup will finish top five. I think, Barring you guys are underestimating mm-hmm. what you can get from a Tyree Kill or Debo Samuel. Tyree kills a lot for 10 or more touchdowns. Who else can you say that about as a receiver? Well, this, I'm just saying there's Debo, so many Debo options Samuel kind of kind of scares me this year, honestly. Round. I mean, Trey Lance, unproven. And him saying they he doesn't Brandon, want to be that same role. Yeah, he's saying he doesn't want to be. I mean, if you asked what? me a couple I, weeks I, ago, I'm if not I was even drafting him at all, I would say no because he wasn't signed. But now that he's signed... And they they were last in the league in passing attempts last year. And splitting yeah. up those minimal targets between Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, maybe the backup tight end, a couple of running backs. I mean, yeah. Debo Samuel might just not get the target share to And I also said, warrant I said in another podcast. Second round pick. I said in another podcast that Aaron Jones has done better in every single game AJ Dillon has started. His his fantasy points per game are are much higher than without their AJ Dillon playing. And now without Devontae Adams there, that receiving game opens up for Aaron Jones a lot more. So I don't think AJ Dillon hurts Aaron Jones at all. It's similar to where we said that the addition of uh, like T Higgins and that big offense in the Bengals kind of helps Jamar Chase a little bit, even if he's going to get shattered a lot more because of his big season last season. I think Aaron Jones could very well benefit from the addition of AJ Dillon and the loss of Devontae Adams. So I don't, I, again, it's not, I, I still don't see it too far fetched. I wouldn't say definitely take Cooper Cup and Aaron Jones over Derrick Henry and Tyree Kill or Derrick Henry and Debo Samuel, but. I, I I wouldn't hate the argument both ways. Here, I, I have some splits for you. In games where Devontae Adams played with Aaron Jones, Aaron Jones was averaging 16 PPR points a game. Without Devontae Adams in seven games, he was averaging over 26 points. So now you have a whole season without Devontae there Adams. You go. Where Aaron yeah. Jones is going to be getting all the receptions. Okay. I mean, he could definitely finish top five. Maybe top three even. We'll just he's have to a little bit of back end of the second round. Yeah, I love, I love Aaron Jones' value this year. Yeah, yeah. Aaron, or AJ Dillon's definitely gonna get the you know between the twenties, maybe uh, steal some goal line work from him. But I mean, Aaron Jones is so, gonna get his real twenty five touches before, a game. Uh, before we pass it over to Daka for the UFC highlight. Just one more topic: uh, the Hollywood Brown arresting. Do we think he gets suspended because of that? Uh, definitely not. Gone. It was just it was just like, speeding. That's reckless driving, man. I mean, I he was going him, like, like one twenty, fucking. But I mean, he he's he's gonna get a fine, you know, maybe get his car taken away. But I I, I don't see an NFL suspension from that. I wouldn't even doubt it, just because I mean, a fifteen hundred dollars on yeah, a fantasy football league gets you out for a year. I wouldn't doubt criminal speeding can get you a game or two. I think they're starting to crack down more, but we'll we'll see. Um, all right, Daka, did you wanna? 
begin with the UFC highlight. We were just going to go over this week's card really quickly. We did incentivize the people in our Discord uh, that if they do listen to this podcast, they're going to see it eventually. And if you guys want to get those little infos, in our, uh, get that little bit of info to see that we're going to highlight some picks or some plays, you guys got to go to our Discord. Links in our Instagram bio, Twitter bio, etc. Just go anywhere for it. Anyways, we're going to go quickly over this UFC card. It's a decent card overall for the fights, not necessarily name value. We're going to start at the bottom of the prelims. Myra Bueno Silva versus Stephanie Egger. It's a great fight, honestly, to start. I know women's MMA isn't necessarily the best. Myra Bueno Silva has more ways to win, in my opinion. Stephanie Egger could submit her. However, Myra Bueno Silva does not get submitted as easily, and she, I personally think she's much better. It's good value with the dog money. You can take Myra Bueno Silva. You have Corey McKenna coming in against Miranda Granger. Uh, Granger is a, what, two-to-one dog. Corey McKenna came off a poor loss, supposed to go crazy in, uh, in London. Disappointing loss to, I think it was Elise Reed. Corey McKenna should win this fight. Two to one in favorite. You could probably hear lightly. I wouldn't go too much into it. Uh, Jason Witt versus John Quinlan. John Quinlan's coming in undefeated. He's coming in with five finishes and five fights. Jason Witt did get finished in his last fight against Phil Rowe. Phil Rowe's a nice prospect, but uh, it's going to be it's gonna be a tough fight for Jason Witt. And he's also the dog coming in with a guy who hasn't been in the UFC yet. There is a little bit of hype behind Josh Quinlan, but not too much. And Jason Witt does put up a good fight, like you saw against Brian Barberina. I would go Josh Quinlan just to be a little bit safe, but I wouldn't take uh, – I wouldn't really bet on him if I were you guys. Just a little pick, little pick. If you guys want to do like a, an effort parlor, you can put Josh Quinlan in it. Uh, Brian Battle versus Takashi Sato. I think this is a battle of two garbage fighters. Uh, Brian Battle isn't necessarily the greatest – I wouldn't say garbage, but he's, he's very determined. He's very solid. And uh, he did win the Ultimate Fighter. Not necessarily the most talented guy there, but he definitely is the most willing guy there. And he came off the last pick, always has a chip on his shoulder. He's a two-to-one favorite here against Takashi Sato. You got to go with Brian Battle here. There's no way Takashi Sato wins this fight. Terrence McKinney versus Eric Gonzalez. We have a fucking minus 1,000 favorite with Terrence McKinney for whatever reason. I understand it's Terrence McKinney. I understand this guy just drops people by touching them for whatever reason. As a lightweight. He touches people. He has a touch of death. They just go down. Terrence McKinney by first round finish, whether it's submission or uh, or knockout, it's like minus two hundred. That's how ridiculous this fight is. That's how ridiculous the odds are. I don't think Eric Gonzalez is that bad. I don't think Terrence McKinney is that great. His power is just very, very, very solid. And his submission game and his wrestling isn't that bad either. He had a tough fight against Drew Dober, and I mean Drew Dober's a tough fight for fucking anybody. Plus, he came in on two weeks' notice, so take Terrence McKinney by finish. You could probably him. I wouldn't go too hard into it just because. I mean, it, it's still a, it's a finished prop, so you got to be careful with that. But I don't, again, I don't see Terrence McKinney going to a decision and winning a fight. Sam Alvey versus Mikhail Olajacek. It's Sam Alvey, man. He's lost what five, six straight fights. I love Sam Alvey, but he's not good. I think Mikhail Olajacek is like a five to one favorite, and that's solely because he's fighting Sam Alvey. Stay away from this fight. Because if Sam Alvey somehow cracks a little J-Chick, I'd, I'd be terrified if you played a minus 500 favorite. You go to Arion Lipsky versus, and it's not even listed. I don't even, we're just going to skip that fight, whatever. Just go with the queen of violence at that point, Arion Lipsky. Um, we can go Augusto Sakai versus Sergey Spivak. Augusto Sakai could crack. Sergey Spivak is a very, very solid wrestler, though. And he's a very, very solid grappler. And he could kind of stand a little bit. The only issue he had recently was Tom Aspinall. And Tom Aspinall's top five. So, Tom Aspinall is also one of the most gifted strikers we've seen, one of the fastest strikers we've seen at heavyweight. So, 
Sergey Spivak here is a favorite for a reason. The Gustav Sakai is kind of on a downfall. Yes, he's fought very big power punchers, and he's been getting knocked out. But he also lost to Alistair Overeem. Take Sergey Spivak here. You could probably him up a little bit. Juliana Minner versus Brogan Walker. Stay away from this fight. This Ultimate Fighter season sucked ass. There's no fucking reason for you to play on this fight. They both are horrible. This is going to be a very boring fight. There's a reason they moved them down from the card. Usually the Ultimate Fighter guys are either the main event or the co-main event. And they moved them down from the card to put Vicente Luca and Jeff Neal up because this season was so bad. So stay away from that women's flyweight fight. The heavyweight fight from the uh, Ultimate Fighter finale. You got Zach Palga versus Muhammad Usman. Muhammad Usman sucks. The, think of anything Kamaru Usman does bad, but worse, and he's more of a pussy. That's Muhammad Usman, and he's a heavyweight. So get Muhammad Usman out of your bet, uh, betting tickets. That'd be fucking horrible if you play him. Uh, I wouldn't say play Zach Palga because, I mean, he's decent. He's he's, a, he's better everywhere. <laughs> but if this goes to a decision, I wouldn't, I wouldn't like, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if there was some bias towards Muhammad Usman. Um, you got to be careful with that. Maybe play Zach Palga a little bit. Uh, Vicente Luque versus Jeff Neal. I see people going in on Jeff Neal. I don't know what the fuck they're seeing. I think Vicente Luque had a horrible performance, horrible performance against uh, Bilal Muhammad. I don't think he's going to have anywhere near of a performance against Jeff Neal. I mean, Vicente Luque is literally sitting there destroying guys. Jeff Neal is not running up on people. They play the same head kick highlight for Jeff Neal every single fight he goes into trying to hype him up. Jeff Neal is a boring fighter. He does not get himself going. Vicente Luque gets himself going. And there is no threat of a takedown from Jeff Neal coming towards Vicente Luque. There would not be as much hesitation for Vicente Luque coming in. He's not going to be afraid to getting hurt. So Vicente Luque is going to come in. It's it's anyway, He's less than a two-to-one dog. If he goes down on the line, too, you got to take Vicente Luque. You take Vicente Luque no matter what. I don't know about a finish because it is a three-round fight, and Jeff Neal does seem to stall. Um, but you could play Vicente Luque by finish lightly. You could play him uh, money line straight up. And the main event, Tiago Santos versus Jamal Hill. Put everything you got. Not necessarily. This is not gambling advice. But put as much as you can think you could put on. And Jamal Hill versus Tiago Santos to not go the distance. I'm waiting for the lines to come out uh, to see what the prop is for the round props. But Jamal Hill does not go the distance. And he's not going to go the distance in a five-round fight. There is no five-round fight in the world where Jamal Hill's going to go the distance, especially against Thiago Santos, where you think his fights are boring, you think his fights are dull, you got to see the people he's fighting. These guys are not approaching him like that. Johnny Walker was never approaching Thiago Santos to fight with with fire. Um, neither was Alexander Rakic. These people that are fighting Thiago Santos can go into these five-round boring decisions. Malcolm and Uncle they never pressure to fight. They never force the occasion on him. Glover Teixeira forced the occasion on him. You saw Glover Teixeira nearly die, but then he killed Thiago Santos and submitted him. Jamal Hill goes into your face and tries to knock you out from the split second the fight starts. The guy's from Detroit. He's not going to give a shit. He's going to go straight in the entire fucking time. The round props right now, we're at one and a half. The under is at plus 128. I don't mind that. I don't mind it. Very lightly, though. There's a, It's a five-round fight, and it's under one and a half. Will the fight go the distance? Minus 450. It's a very parlayable line. A lot of people might say it's not. You can put that in a two or three leg and even out, even out odds a lot of times, and it's going to be very good. So that's the sense of the roundup of it. But, uh, yeah, that main event's going to be very fun to watch, and Tiago Santos is going to be in a fire fight All right. Jamal Hill. It just Thank you for the UFC highlight for this Saturday's card. I'm definitely going to be watching the main card at the very least. Uh, I'm excited to see what Jamal Hill versus Tiago Santos looks like. Because I know that Jamal Hill is going to go in the whole time. And I like fights like that.
you guys gotta get used to watching Jamal Hill because he, he's he's literally your guys' type of fighter. He's gonna go into somebody, and he's gonna knock the fuck out of him, and he's skilled and he has huge, huge or not huge, but let's say high IQ about you know, he's the, so fun about to Jamal watch. Hill and that card though that does round out today's sports talk. Uh, this is sports talk number two for this Thursday, uh, August fourth. Adam, thank you for coming on as a guest, but we really appreciate you being here. I can't wait till we do. Anytime, bro. I can't wait till we do buy sell number three with you. We already got thank that you for having out. me. That's gonna be a really fun one. <laughs> but that being said, thank you, Daka. Oh, thank yeah. you, Adam. Looking and forward for all to the that listeners one. out there, you guys have a great day.